Get ready. Get ready. Get ready. The high school holla starts now. Welcome, everyone, to the Coaches Chatter edition of the H2S2 High School Holler Sports Show. This Coaches Chatter segment is being brought to you by our friends at Robin Patrice, a trend-setting, one-of-a-kind online store offering first-rate products, exceptional customer service for shoppers from the comfort of their own home. You can check out all of their products by visiting their website, robinpatrice.com. That's R-O-B-B-I-N-P-A-T-R-I-C-E where flyness is a choice. We welcome back to the H2S2 show a longtime friend of the show as well as one of the only African-American women in the male-dominant business of AAU basketball and she's over the national AAU Girls Basketball Champion Baylor Youth Organization. Joining us once again via Zoom is Toy Baylor. Welcome back, Toy. And how are you and the family holding up during this pandemic quarantine? Thank you for having me as a guest again. We're here. We're surviving. It really hit us hard, especially in the basketball community. But hey, God is greater. So I know that's right, Toy. I don't ever believe we've had the opportunity to ever ask you during your previous guest appearances on the show to share with us one of your most memorable high school moments, either as a player or a coach. I don't think we ever asked you that. What do you want to share with us? Mm, I have to think about that. I know you got a whole lot of them. And you know what? Dealing with kids and through the journey of their lives, I, I really do. And I don't really want to pinpoint on. So, I mean, I'm dealing with thousands of kids. So um, my thing is, can I talk about one of the memorable moments for our organization? Absolutely. Well, one was um, being recognized on the ABC Network television, uh, The Secret Millionaire Show. Not only did that give us national exposure, it really taught me as a business person how to be more organized for my business and what to look out for. And it just really exposed the fact of the work that we were doing in the community because at that time, and I still throw out these numbers loosely, um, we had placed over 5,000 kids in college during the time that they actually came after us to acknowledge our organization. So that was probably one of the biggest moments. I really want people to understand that your organization works outside of basketball and I personally know of course because I have a daughter that is deeply involved in her organization but Toy I got a lot that I want to talk to you about with all the knowledge you have. For our listeners who are meeting you for the first time on the show, tell us about the Baylor Youth Grassroots Organization and its mission and how you've been able to bless, as you already mentioned, so many kids in getting the college. Okay, well, right now, uh, Baylor Youth Foundation, we're a non-for-profit organization, first of all, and we're a sports mentoring program. Um, and when we say mentoring, we're doing outreach to the community as far as homeless, um, we do from top to bottom of the student athletes. So majority of the kids that come in our program start at the middle school level. We are working with them, you know, as far as academic work, as far as mentoring, building character. And like I said, with community.
community work and we are growing the whole overall child as a whole. We're building character. We are really kind of taking a lot of kids out of their immediate uh, comfort zone and their immediate area because not only are we providing training um, and like I said, support, we are giving them exposure. How many adults can really tell you that they have traveled to 15 to 20 different states? A lot of the kids are really kind of compound in their area and how many adults can afford to go to 15 to 20 different states? So we just do so much more. Some of our statistics, we have a 100% high school graduation rate. We also have a 99% placement rate into major universities and colleges. If a kid comes through our program, like I said, it's a 1% that they decide to do something else where they don't want to go to college. And most of those kids are the business leaders that are, you know, doing opening up your barbershops and your hairdresser shops or going, you know, to the army. Those are the one percenters that we have, which still we count as a 100% success rate. Now, Toy, we are in a virus pandemic that struck basketball towards the end of the school season. Mm -hmm. And just as AAU season would have been beginning, how has this pandemic affected Baylor basketball as the team and the exposure events which you host and compete in? Your events are one of the largest in the Midwest. Well, the pandemic has affected Baylor basketball and brought everything to a halt, as well as basketball throughout the United States, especially hitting hard over here in Illinois. We were not able to host any of our exposure events through the month of May and April, because those are the premier events that we host that actually help these last minute 2020 kids actually get the exposure that they need in the last scholarship grass. It really has affected the 2020 class and it's starting to affect the 2021 class. Um, hopefully we'll be able to get back started in July, but you know, we're still waiting on everything um, to happen. And we have been blessed because we only had seven 2020 athletes who all signed and committed. Our kids are good in the program, but I'm right now working with a couple other AAU programs to, you know, help some of their kids get a college a scholarship or either go, you know, to prep. Like I said, I don't only just deal with my program. I help other AAU programs throughout the country. is not just in Illinois. Um, I'm helping people right now in Missouri and Wisconsin and Texas and Tennessee to get some of their kids placed as well. I don't want to minimize the death and the health concerns of the people who have lost their lives and family member lives. It's a horrible epidemic and it's devastating our community and our country mentally, emotionally, and economically. So I, I do want to touch on that because it's more than just uh, basketball. So I wanted to, you know, kind of make that point that we're, you know, as much as we can help out. This is going to be another community service program that I'm going to have to implement because we're going to have to help people survive after the fact of this epidemic. But right now, I have not been short of not working because I have been pretty much on these phones and talking to coaches and, and sending film and helping, you know, a lot of other kids that well deserve. And right now, I only had five and out of the five, I placed four of them in school. So I'm just working on one more and I'm tenuously uh, getting phone calls. I can't help everybody, but I'm, I'm trying to help the ones that, you know, the coaches are biting on because 
college recruitment is another segment. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to have you back for that as well. And you know something? I, I like the way you put it, Toy, because it's actually being blessed to be a blessing. And that's what mm-hmm. you're doing right. outside of your organization. You're helping other organizations get their kids to the next level. And Toy, for those who may be unfamiliar with AAU basketball, it requires quite a bit of travel to offer exposure for the players and the teams. Do you see this pandemic changing or altering team travel moving forward, especially for those national tournaments, not only that you host, but that you also compete in? Right. Um, It's going to be a twofold because you have a lot of people right now that want to be out and want to travel. And then you have some people that are going to be leery and scared and, and really concerned about the overall health of the players and the families and as well as, you know, just the team. So it's kind of like two situations going on. You have people that are, because I mean, I got people calling me and emailing me every day, you know, wanting to know or when are you going, are you setting up your tournaments or when are you going to get started? And like I said, we're trying to follow all the guidelines and listen to the health experts and, and making sure that we have a plan that is providing a safe atmosphere for our teams that are coming to our events, as well as understanding the plans that other people are setting up in out of state for us to travel and come to their events because no one wants to, you know, have a season sitting out. Honestly, some of these kids can't even sit out two weeks playing basketball where they are totally rusty. So to sit out, you know, a couple of months and then we got to get back in the gym and get these kids on some type of level where they can actually go out there and compete. And I even talked to a couple of coaches that said, hey, we're not even worried about practice. We're As soon as they tell us the doors are open, we over here, what you got? Because, you know, they want to get their kids, you know, the exposure and they want their kids to be able to compete. And now we're behind the eight ball. So we got to get out there and, of course, you know, get these kids as much exposure as they can. And we're waiting on the NCAA to release dates to say, hey, it's okay. And that's not even guaranteed because we don't know all of the colleges and universities, they all have different rules. So we don't know if they're going to come out and take in our events. The great part about our events is that all of ours are live streamed. So the kids can take that same footage and make highlight videos. And also coaches can watch it from their homes or watch it from the office versus, you know, them not physically being there. But of course, people want to see those coaches physically being there. But that's going to be up in the air, depending on what the NCAA um, mandates for the coaches. It's funny, Toy, that you mentioned watching from offices because oftentimes when you guys are traveling, that's how I've been able to keep up with the Baylor girls about this dream. Until I actually saw it, you are the first grassroots organization that I personally have seen stream games like that. And it, it was it's amazing how you had all those courts going at the same time. We actually had um, uh, one of our largest events, the Chicago Summer Jam, and we actually had 21 courts going on at the same time and with those 21 courts it was a camera on each court filming each game kids and the parents could go back and watch those games and the coaches really love it because they can go and review what they did first game to you know fix what's going on and kids need to see this because you know you can tell them as a coach hey you did this this and they still looking at you like you're crazy and then when you see it on film then everybody's quiet and you hear crickets already know but 
Latoya, you mentioned a big concern, but what's another one of your concerns as well as some of the concerns of other AAU coaches might be having during this pandemic since you guys are temporarily away from your girl? Um, just the part of, you know, our 2021s. That's the next class that is about to affect if we don't get out and we're playing and this health concern is not dealt with. It's just going to back up on the classes of kids that are getting, you know, less exposure. Honestly, I, my 2021 class was my best class in a while. I mean, I really have some super athletes in that class that I want their fair due, you know, for schools to be able to see them and they can, you know, showcase their talents as well as my 2022 class. But the great part is that, you know, we've been proactive. I have set up meetings. I've been utilizing the video streaming every Friday. I have had the kids on talking to professionals in the business, talking to some of my former players, talking to college coaches and really understanding the business aspect of it. Not just so much because I gave them the directions of how to do uh, different drills. So I gave them all that. I even had the kids and this is let you know what kids want and what kids don't. I, I said, hey, if you want me to design you a personal workout, just text me and I'll just design you a personal workout. I only had one kid happened to be your daughter that did that. The rest of the kids, oh yeah, we're working now. We're doing push-ups. We're doing jumping jacks. We're, you know, working out ropes and we're shooting around. We'll see when we get into this gym whether who did what because when they can't breathe when they walk into this gym, we know that they ain't did nothing outside or did any type of workouts. All right, Baylor girls. Coach Baylor is already waiting on you. Yes. I tell them every time after we get off that video conference, I try to engage them and say, well, who's been working out? Everybody hands up. Oh, we've been working out. We've been, okay, we'll see. Hopefully in another month at the end of um, May is, is what we shooting for that they letting us out. And if that's the case, June 1st, look, we better see something. <laughs> Toy, Baylor basketball is one of the few organizations that has a relationship with soon-to-be Hall of Famer Kobe Bryant's Mamba Sports Foundation, to which before his passing and the pandemic, your two organizations was scheduled to have a local tournament. Now, talk about what the unfortunate passing of Kobe Bryant and his daughter Gigi had on girls basketball, as well as the support he and his Mamba Foundation gave towards AAU girls basketball. Well, we were fortunate to be working with the Jewel Lloyd Foundation, who actually orchestrated this for us. What can you say? I mean, that's a legend. And, you know, his family, they definitely have our condolences and the families that were lost during that time. Um, what we were actually doing was a Mamba series, which would create an atmosphere for boys and girls to be able to compete and come in and, you know, just play in a series where they would compete and at the end get an awesome prize. And actually, Kobe was actually supposed to participate in the first period that we had in April. So all of that got cut short. We do plan on still hosting the event and moving the event back to June. June, July, and August, but everything is still in a, a waiting stage because we're waiting to see what happens with this virus and if that is under control and how they regulate us meeting in groups again. That's going to be the series. And if we can't get it together, nine out of 10, we'll have to host this event next year. But right now I'm still optimistic that we still might be able to host a series starting in June. 
his support of girls basketball has done wonders, yeah. uh, especially on the AAU level, hasn't it? And the professional level. I mean, look at, you know, he was one of those men that supported women's basketball and he was an advocate for a lot of the professional women in basketball at the collegiate level as well, because if it wasn't for him and other men speaking up, you know, a lot of these women would not, because this is the year that they gave raises to the WNBA. I loved his support, man, and I'm glad to be part of the Girl Dad Club, so I'm, I'm proud of you. <laughs> Baylor basketball hosts various NCAA sanctioned events, which are very popular among college coaches. Tell our listeners, especially those AAU coaches out there, more about your exposure events and the benefit of competing in them for their players. Well, our events, and I mean, I've been in the basketball business for over 25 years, and I've been hosting events for over 18 years. We pride ourselves bringing the best competition. Our events are organized, and they are professionally ran. We bring in a variety of teams from across the country. We're not just dealing with local teams. We do uh, local basketball leagues that local teams can participate in, but we want all our local teams to participate in our events. A prime example, and I keep going back to our Chicago Summer Jam, that event is an NCAA certified event. Last year, we had over 250 teams from 36 different states and four different countries brought in over 100 Division One, Division Two, Division Three, NAIA, JUCO, and also prep schools, because that's another thing that a lot of kids are, are moving to where they're not hurting their eligibility. We bring them in to evaluate these athletes and get them potential scholarships. And like I said, when I throw out those numbers of 5,000 plus kids, that's including my direct program, as well as our recruiting service, as well as our events that are bringing that exposure. We also have exposure events that are not NCAA certified, that we just bring in D2, NAIA, and JUCO coaches to participate in as well. So it's on every level that you try to help the student-athlete. Yeah, yeah because uh, and, and that's where um, the communication breakdown needs to go to parents that they don't understand that their kids, I mean, it's different levels to this. Every kid is not a Division One player or a high major Division One player or a mid-major Division One player. It's schools for everyone. And actually, you know, and see, this is a, probably a awakening for me because when I first started in women's basketball, my graduating class of 2015 was my first group of girls. I had 10 girls and nine of them signed Division One. So I think I was kind of like foggy too in the in the gravy train. And, oh, D1, D1. No. With my second group, I ended up probably placing about four kids in Division One, but I had to place kids in junior college. I had to place kids in NAIAs. I mean, but these were levels where these kids could truly go and compete and they love basketball and they can play and get their academics. People have to be open-minded. And, and I don't know if what other questions you were going to ask me, but I'm actually hosting a coaches clinic for professionals in the business, as well as high school coaches, AU coaches, or junior college, NAIA coaches that are literally basically a professional development. I have eight Division One coaches, one Division Two coach, and an NAIA coach. And I'm going 
going to try to get a, a JUCO coach on the panel too. So they can kind of go over some of the concerns and questions that people have that, you know, get a lot of wrong information. Uh, people that give a lot of wrong information. And it's going to also cover, you know, player development, recruitment. They're actually going to do on-court skills and drills. And I think it's needed for women's basketball because it's a lot of people that get into women's basketball maybe because their kid is involved or because, and I'm sorry to say, some of them get in it because, you know, they can't get in on the men's side. So let me jump on the women's side of basketball. But you need to educate yourself. And I want to be able to say that, hey, I'm a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. Well, I love that, Toya. And you did jump right into the next question that I wanted to find out from you, which was, we all hope that this pandemic will soon be behind us as we will be together again for a great season of summer basketball. Tell us about some of those other upcoming events. You mentioned the coaches clinic that Baylor basketball is still having on the schedule and how area AAU girls and boys, since you did mention they include both boys and girls. So I want area AAU coaches and teams to find out more information how they can register to compete in some of your exposure events that you got coming up. Well, I was hosting an all-star event, um, which was in actually April, and I'm going to reschedule that and move that to July because that was one of those events. I actually was able to get it certified this year, but I've been hosting that event for almost 16 years, and that is one of those events that I brought in Division Two and NAIA and JUCO coaches to participate in that event. So I'm going to bring that back in July because it's needed because it's going to still be kids in July that do not have schools to go to. So I want to be able to connect the kids and the coaches and also, you know, provide competition. So I am going to bring that back in July. Hopefully, like I said, we're going to do this Mumba series if uh, it opens up and I plan on doing that June, July and August. Um, I have several uh, girls NCAA certified events. I have a one day certified event July the 9th and then I'm going to go into the Chicago Summer Jam this year. It's going to be live for boys and girls. So I'm going to do that event. I also have another all-star challenge event that I partner with Jabari Parker's group that we're still going to host that. And that's more so younger kids. We're going to have to open it up to high school kids too, because they need somewhere to play. So I'm going to be pretty busy, hopefully in June, July and August. And if they open up the certified live period in September for girls, I'm definitely going to be able to host that event as well. Well, Toy, I want you to give a bit of encouragement and a bit of advice to parents. What's the best advice you can give parents? Well, one thing, too, a lot of parents pick teams based on what their kids want and them hanging with their friends. You have to do research on the organization that you are playing with. got to see if they are actually getting kids in college. And I'm not talking about the naturally talented kids because we all have those kids that are going to shine no matter what. We're talking about the sixth man, the seventh man, the eighth man, the ninth man. Are they working diligently to get them in school? Because a 
lot of programs will say, hey, I take you to these college exposure events. You didn't do nothing there. So, oh, well, that's on you. And, and that's a lot of attitudes that some of the you know guys have. And I just never been that way. And I think, too, it's more like a mothering, mothering instinct that, you know, you want to help everybody. And uh, like I said, when you pick these programs, all my information is online. You can go and I got the proof in the pudding. Look, the men lie, women lie, but numbers don't lie because I have all the numbers of kids playing at every level. I have uh, two NFL players out of my program. Um, I have one NBA player. I have a professional volleyball player and I have so many kids, thousands of kids that have played overseas. I even got a couple of kids right now when the D-League starts back up, they're playing in the D-League. So I would just look for people that are truly, genuinely worried about your kid. And see, I never had any biological kids myself, so I don't have any um, vested interest besides supporting our community and our kids and making sure that they are on the right path of being educated. And one thing I pride myself on, I can say, oh, I got the NFL players, I got the NBA players, but no, I have two doctors that have graduated through our program, three nurses. I got two uh, young ladies right now that are graduating in 2020 with a nursing degree. I have coaches that are uh, out of our program. I have business investors. I mean, I have a lot of professional people that I can pick up the phone and say, hey, I need you to come and do this video conference and tell your experience through Baylor basketball and what it took for you to be in school and college and once you graduated and working in your profession. So, I mean, it's just gives me joy to say every time I pick up the phone and talk to one of my kids that have graduated from this program and utilize this program to its fullest and they're giving back. You know, I have some that are giving back and I have some that are making a real big impact on the industry. So I'm truly blessed. So I do want to give you the opportunity to tell our listeners who want to contribute as donors or any way, how do they reach you and how can they give? Well, they can definitely give on our website, which is BaylorBasketball.org or BaylorU.org is our um, foundation page where they can actually go online and donate. They can definitely follow us and we want the community to follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram. It's the same thing, Baylor Youth and it's Baylor, B-A-Y-L-O-R-Y-O-U-T-H on Twitter, Instagram. We even have a Facebook page, which is Baylor basketball. People can reach out to you through all of those addresses. Now, Toy, take the time, as we say on the show, to give big hollers out to those supporters of Baylor basketball organization, the coaches, parents, players that you've been away from during this pandemic and quarantine. Oh, well, I definitely want to uh, send a shout out to all the uh, traveling coaches in Illinois, in Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, and Missouri, because that's really kind of my base in Texas. Look, we're going to get through this, so don't be stressful about the situation, and don't be afraid to communicate if you're going through something. We're here to help. We're here to help each other. You have been supporting me. I'm definitely going to support you, and if you got kids that are out there that need the support and help, definitely hit me up. Like I said, I can't help just a whole bunch of random people <laughs> calling me, but like I said, I want to prioritize especially people that have been supporting our organization with the help with their kid. One last word to those Baylor girls. 
get your butt in that gym. <laughs> well, look, you can't get in the gym to hit that floor and, and, and shoot around that rim outside. Look, we're taking it back to the old school days. You on that playground station, but I don't want anyone to get in trouble in Chicago because I heard they locking them up. You out uh, where you're not supposed to be. <laughs> get your butt in shape. <laughs> yeah, get in shape. That's what I'm saying. Workout is no excuses. <laughs> so we always enjoy having you on the show. I'm hopeful that we'll see this summer basketball. Until then, thank you for being a special guest on the Coach's Chatter edition of the H2S2 show. Man, we enjoy you, Toy. Uh, thank you. Take care and stay safe. Okay, bye. High School Holla.